0: Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the Team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the key trends, drivers and movements in agricultural markets. My name is Olivia Agar, thanks for listening into today's episode. So last week I briefly touched on the news in grain markets. But we're bringing it into focus this week with Nick Booth coming along to chat about what impacts are things like government interference in markets overseas and demand in China is having on Australian prices, as well as what it means for marketing decisions this season. So without further ado, I'll hand over to Robert Herman and Nick Booth for today's episode.
1: Thanks, Nick. It is a great pleasure to have you back again on Commodity Conversations. And I noticed that it's been a little while. So there's been a harvest gone through and and as with all markets, a a lot happens. But I couldn't help but notice in your recent articles that we've published on Mikado where you've looked at what's happening in the markets and um, it's uncertainty, volatility, all those words come through. But um, I just wanted you to start off by talking about probably two products that are big in Australia, but it certainly have a big impact on, on our Australian grain prices, and that's um, soybeans and corn. What light can you shed on that in terms of how that's driving Australian farmers' uh, fortunes right now? Yeah,
2: thanks, Rob. Um, oh, look, I've, for the last uh, couple of months, I think we've, you know, the wheat's fortunes have, have really... Um, ridden along with with corn and beans, so what you've got a, a couple of factors here of, of tightening supplies, particularly in the US and and uh, some uncertainty around South American production but you you've also got this unprecedented demand coming out of China that the volumes that they're buying are, are staggering. so we we have this situation where you know, largely, the, the US has been the the seller of, of last resort. They've, they've um, picked up a huge amount of business. And at the same time, the other you know, major producer in, in Brazil, in particular, um, and, and Argentina, so South America broadly, have had some, I guess, unfortunate weather. Uh, it is a, in a, a La Nina pattern, which is traditionally drier. Um, than average, um, and that that's really thrown some some concerns over the um, over the, the the bean and, and corn production um, coming out of South America. So so consequently, um, you know th- those commodities have been surging on the back of the the uncertainty around production, but the demand as well, and and wheat, you know, it has just gone along for the ride. I mean, we, we see a balance between the three main commodities, and and, and really. You know, up until recently, there hasn't really been a, uh, much of a wheat story. Um, you know, there's pretty good production globally. Um, but, uh, yep, up she goes. So, um, so it's been of a huge benefit, I think, to Australian farmers.
1: Of course, we, we hear also, going back to your reports, Nick, that uh, you, you put through to us, and I know based on the last time we chatted, you know, people really value the insights behind those reports, but there's some pretty big names get thrown around right now with grains. You know, there's there's Russia, there's China, there's the US, there's South America, and uh, we're talking about little old Australia down the bottom here, but we really do get impacted, don't we?
2: Certainly. I mean, we you know, these big players, you know, dominate global um, trade and, and market share, and, you know, Australia... <laughs> Yeah, you know, this year I think we're we're talking up around 31 million tonne of wheat now. So we're not an insignificant player in the whole scheme of things. And and what we're we're seeing, I think, really in the markets as it's evolving today, is is a lot of government interference in places like Russia, which is is having even more effect on on what you know is is happening with Australian prices as well.
1: Yes, and. Uh... And that, that's a really good point because um, I can remember we had a chat probably in the winter of last year mm. and there was plenty of grain around in the world. We had COVID was, you know, really mm. ramping up and uh, and causing a lot of uncertainty and, and that hasn't really changed globally. Um, and we had the view that perhaps we're just going to see prices slide and slide and slide into harvest, especially because, as you said, we were heading for a good harvest and it turned out to be... You know, one of the top harvests we had, but the reality is for, for Australian farmers is that um, the market seemed to um, U-turn and 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 get stronger in a year when they had good production. So it's been a really good uh, season if you've um, if you're in grain in the grain business. I think
2: it's a rare quinella to have the good production and and um, and high prices. So yeah, it has been a, an absolute boon for Australian growers. This year has been without wanting to sound like I'm, uh, I'm backtracking, but the you know, there have been so many uncertainties that have been thrown up. And you mentioned COVID and, and you know, the, the phase one trade deals and you know, China. I think China's been an interesting one. I mean, obviously, they, they are the largest. They're the, the main dominant, I guess, marketing buyer that we've seen this year, and I think, Some of the the storms that they must have had, I think there were three tropical storms that lashed the, um, the coast of China here back in, I think it was October, November, early November perhaps. I think we didn't fully understand the impact of what it did to their corn crops. And I think that has really... I guess, underlayed the, the nature of the demand that we're seeing from them. Um, they've obviously come back from the, the African swine fever with the, the herd rebuild, and that certainly contributed to the increase in demand for, for soybeans in particular. You know, economies globally uh, appear to be recovering, I think, with the, I guess, the rollout of vaccinations and things like that. You know, there, there seems to be some more optimism, certainly than what we were seeing this time last year.
1: So I just want to take you back to another um, factor we dealt with last year it was the, um, the barley tariff that China applied. Mm. And, it, and it really did impact the price quite sharply at the time, which was to be expected. But um, barley seems to have done perhaps a little bit better than we would have thought in the wash up. I was always cautiously optimistic for barley.
2: I, I think we, we knew that, that, that Europe didn't have a tremendous year and I think the, the spring through Ukraine and Russia was was pretty dry, probably meant some of their, their summer crops were probably not as good as we'd seen in the past. Now, with Australia out of the loop for China, out of the loop for barley into China, we knew that the origins, the um, Ukraine, um, the Black Sea in general, um, France... Uh, and even Canada were, were going to pick up the lion's share of, of the, the barley imports. And we certainly saw that. I think China has mopped up pretty much all the barley out of, out of Europe and, and the Black Sea um, to the point where now they've bought upwards of a million tonnes of new crop out of France and, and, um, and Canada for, for delivery in sort of July, so you know, yep, the, I think the Chinese certainly mopped up majority of global supplies, um, but we have another dominant player in the barley market, and that's Saudi Arabia. And and I think with um, with freight advantages and and things like that, I think Australian and and with the Black Sea out of you know, out of uh, contention, having moved majority of their grain into China, um, that left Australian barley to move into Saudi, and and we've seen. You know, some good prices. Good prices on the back of corn, because obviously, as, as corn values have risen on production uncertainty in South America, and corn feeds well into the compound market in Saudi, um, and barley has just really gone along with the ride. So it's it's really been
1: quite a fortunate outcome, I think, for our for our growers. It seems like we uh, we are quite blessed in Australia in a, in a number of ways. I just want to um, finish off, by, and and people know that you're. Um, you know, under our financial services license, your authorized advisor in terms of risk management and hedging strategy and things like that, Nick. I'm not talking specific here, but in general terms, what what are you thinking for your clients at this point in time for new crop for next year? Mm. Um, You know, prices globally are pretty good. We Mm. know basis is very low. um, And... In a funny way, we're all—we were just talking before we came online. You know, there's a bit of rain about, so a little bit of moisture getting into the soil and that sort of thing. So, things are looking up. What sort of things are you talking to your clients about now?
2: Oh, I think I'd be directing them to look at the big inverse in prices when you look at in in Russia and and Europe in particular, where I think cash values globally take their lead from. You know, this this Russian tax has thrown a huge spanner in the works. I think we're going to see the Russian farmer probably they'll have to sell. You know, we've, they've in, Russia's introduced now a floating tax to come into effect post July. Um, so there's no incentive for the Russian farmer to hang on to their to their um, to their wheat. You know, the Chinese demand does it hold up? It's hard to know. It, it's it's a uh, we're in a real balance, I think, and I think we're going to likely see probably wheat prices come off as we get closer to um, the Northern Hemisphere crop coming off, which will be in around, you know, July. So I would have thought the inverse will start to come into effect and affect pricing probably through April, May as, as buyers in particular, big global buyers, look forward and see that there's cheaper grain out there into the new season and we'll we'll perhaps leave a little more hand to mouth in the short term, and then pick up cheaper grains or cheaper stock um, going forward. So it's um, a lot of things can happen. A lot of water still to go under the bridge, but I'd I'd be expecting perhaps the there are some opportunities out there now for for pricing.
1: Yeah, and look, you've really nailed it. I think Nick, the uncertainty that we're seeing in a whole lot of things around the globe is translating into commodity markets and you've just outlined how it's translating into the, into the grain markets. So, um, um, and, and we really appreciate those insights. We really appreciate your weekly contributions. Um, now just talking about forecasting and predicting just to finish off the prospects of the Geelong footy club for this year. Oh, lock it in. <laughs> no worries at all. Um, Oh, look
2: on, uh, They've certainly, uh, they've certainly loaded the uh, loaded up, yeah, and I think, you know, all eyes will be on on how, you know, some of these these um, these uh, these new guys will will fit into a, a well-oiled machine. But uh, fingers crossed.
1: It's great to hear your confidence, <laughs> um, and and I think the other thing that comes through though, Nick, is uh, your depth of knowledge of the grain market. It's what you do, uh, you know. That's so that's not surprising that you have that depth of knowledge. And uh, and commodity conversations listeners and Mikado readers are very grateful. If somebody'd like to um, you know reach out and get some personal advice from you, then I'm sure um, we're happy to pass on those contact details. And uh, thanks again, Nick. All the best. No, appreciate it. Thanks, Rob.
0: Thanks for listening into this episode of Commodity Conversations. For more detailed analysis and commentary, head to the Mercado website. We have Nick's latest report up there now, free for all viewing, as always, with our Friday comments. And as always, if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd appreciate anything you can do to share it around or give us a review on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, have a great week.
1: This week's episode of Commodity Conversations was brought to you by Cleaver's Organic Meats. Audio production by David Myers.